Hey Rippers, are you learning how to surf? But are you a beginner or a big old kook? There is a difference, you know. And since there's many ways to kook it, you should stick around and learn a few things with me while I listen to local surf legend Joey Citarella. And hey, if you don't know, let me tell you right now that surfers love to spot a kook. Still, don't stress it, because everyone is kooked it at some point. And that's why I created this podcast, because the more you know, the less you'll kook it. So bust out your swimmies and get ready to learn. The KookCast is here to lead you on your journey out of kookdom one episode at a time, and hopefully offer you some traction on this slippery slope between kookery and killing it. I'm your host, Coach Chris, and I started the surf coaching and education resource, The Surf Continuum. So, uh, all right, well, just for, a little, just for a little background, so everybody, welcome to the show. I'm going to kick it off. And I'm sitting here with uh, Joey Citarella, who, as far as I'm concerned, is a legend. Uh, thank you. I grew, well, I grew up surfing <laughs> right here on Long Island, and uh, you were one of the guys that was out there all the time. Whenever I went to the beach, there you were, surfing and uh, Thanks, putting your time in. So, you know, what is it, 20 years later, Yeah. now I get to uh, sit down and have a good chat with you, get to know you a little yeah. more. Thanks for getting in touch with me. I appreciate it. This yeah, is absolutely. Fun. This is going to be a good one. So, Hell yeah. I'm honored right now. Let me just move this a little yeah. bit. Perfect. My wife didn't clean, just so you guys know. Good thing it's not a visual, because... <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. The place looks spotless to me. <laughs> Thanks. Thanks, man. But, uh, all right. Well, first of all, what I really like about some of the older guys is to see them still surfing, especially you shortboarding. I mean, if you don't mind me asking, how old are you? I'm 58. 58, 58 years old, and still yeah. shortboarding. Yeah. What's yeah. the secret? Yeah. Well, uh, you know, I... Train a lot as far as like just doing a lot of sports, cross-fit kind of sports. Like I play a lot of handball, mm-hmm. play a lot of volleyball, beach volleyball, uh, snowboarding. Just stay active, I guess. Stay really active. And uh, believe it or not, you guys, the, the younger crew, always pushed me to keep it fresh and keep it going. And you guys were always really supportive. I mean, you guys show a lot of respect out there. And that kept me always in the game. And uh, it just feels good to know, like, the younger guys, your crew, the crew before, you know, right before you guys, the Sean Valistrands and all those guys, mm-hmm. and then the crew that's just up and coming, you know, Owen Murtaugh, I mean, Owen uh, O'Donnell and um, uh, Kale and Timmy Pulley, all those kind of guys just, like, push me. and uh, Keep you young. Keep me young, yeah. <laughs> and you guys have been great. It really, like, you know, those days at Hemlocks and Coast Guard Station it's just like, you know, I wouldn't give them up for anything, you know. Mm. And, uh, you know, I got good boards being made, you know, and that helps a lot. Oh, who's making your boards? Uh, right now, you know, Petro makes me some boards. Tommy Bunger's making me boards. Cool, cool. Um, the local guys. I yeah. got it. They're actually two guys yeah. I got to get on the show. Yeah, oh, they're phenomenal. They're, they're great, you know. And, uh, and just my crew, you know, the, the guys I've been surfing with, the older guys, Glenn Walton. Mm-hmm. Oh, and, man, uh, yeah. another one. Thanks Rips. for dropping. Yeah. Yeah. I gotta get him he on. He is. That's a legend. That's a true legend, right there. Yeah. Kenny Cangelosi, mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Jerry Herb. I don't know if you know. Do you remember Jerry? Uh, I think I do. Uh, the, you know what was funny? Like I actually didn't know your name for years. Growing up as a Grom, it was like kind of intimidating, especially <laughs> surfing like places like Hemlocks and stuff, where yeah. you're like, oh, this is supposed to be a secret spot. And yeah. you know, we were lucky. We had Graham's boat, so we got to go yep. over there all the time before we could even drive. We could drive a boat. So we were definitely like walking on eggshells and trying not to upset the older guys until we got it all sorted out and we could see who was cool and who you just, you know, gave their space. But uh, Yeah, well, you know, that's a good point because, you know, like uh, Hemlocks was uh, a really tight crew right there. And, you know, it wasn't like that heavy-duty local where we're going to kick your ass kind of, although people thought that, you know. And yeah, it, it, I did. <laughs> yeah, and I'm not saying it didn't happen once in a while. There was a lot of... You know, some guys would show up every now and then and want to just run the peak. And there were a couple of heavies. You know, I was one of them. But not, you know, if you, know, if you were there and you were sincere and you wanted to surf, hey, man, it's everybody's beach, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but I remember you guys like it was yesterday. You know, you, Graham, you know, Wundy, Matt Wunderlich, and uh, even like Petro and Tom Kohler and that whole crew and, uh, you know, but you guys knew the pecking order, and there was a respect there. And it was, you know what? That respect got respected. You know, mm-hmm. you guys knew when it was time to infiltrate into the lineup. And, you know, people read that. You know, you guys didn't just paddle right in and just 
want to take the place over. You know, mm -hmm. you knew there was years and years of hardcore surfing going on and good surfing. Yeah. Really, really good surfing. I mean, Hemi's on, on a good day is like, it was like a machine. Mm -hmm. There was no one stuffing anyone. There wasn't anyone like just, you know, dropping in on people and, and almost like running into people. It was like a well-oiled machine and everyone knew their spot in a lineup and it was just, it was magical, you yeah, know? Yeah. And it just had that certain good vibe to it, you know? Totally. I, I remember some good days out there and seeing some good surfing. I mean, so there was a huge influence that came from growing up and surfing that spot you know from you guys and the surfing you were doing over there you know and and it just it had a big impact on the way i surfed and the way i approached lineups all around the world you know wow. just just from that spot well you're killing it now you 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 and your boys are like you know i now i'm inspired by your surfing <laughs> oh. you, and you guys no it's and you still you know even though i'm an old man now you guys still give that respect and i appreciate it like you know a paddle for wave and i know you could be in a spot and you'll just give the nod, which is greatly appreciated too. So. Oh, hell yeah. I love giving away waves to the guys who like deserve it, rightfully so, you know? Yeah. You guys were catching waves long before I was even a thought, so. <laughs> yeah. But um, it, was, it was a lot of fun. You know, I started surfing that place in 1975. Wow. I was yeah. going to ask about yeah. like kind of your history with the spot. And so yeah. how did that spot, because I, I know, well, I've heard people's stories about how they found it. But for you, what was it like? Was it something that people were talking about and you had to go check it out? Or did you find it, did you feel like one of the guys that pioneered it? Or? That's a good question. No, it's been, it was being surfed. There were guys like, you know, Bob Hawkins and Eddie Fowis. Mm -hmm. And the guy who got me going there was Jerry Herb. Because we were like, you had the demo crew, right? Then you had the Gilgo crew. We were the Cedar, Cedar Beach crew, uh -huh. you know? And that's back in the 70s. There was a pier. Yeah, yeah. This that's so funny you say that. So check this out. When I was when I was in like middle school, I think I'm 13 years old. I had to do like a report, and it was one of those reports where you get to choose, or somehow I could find a way to. I always just tried to work surfing into my my reports. Of you know, if I could find a way, <laughs> I'd make it about surfing. So this was one of those ones where I got to do it on surfing. And I went and talked to guys like Mike Ederskew, who I think you know, right? Yeah, and I know Mike a, really well. He was yeah. a Cedar Beach guy. And yeah. he told me about the pier, too. And he said, yeah, there's a pier, Cedar Beach, made this epic sandbar. And then I remember asking somebody else about that same pier for the same report. And they were like, pier, Cedar Beach? Nah, no, no way. So that's funny you bring that up, because yeah. that just, for me right now, confirms something that years ago I never yeah, cleared up. No, it, was, it broke really, really well. Because mm -hmm. uh, it's not really that good of a break now, is it? it, it well, it is not. But what happened was you had the pier, okay, and then uh, the pier, the, the, the east side of the pier fired. The west side wasn't as good, but there would be people, like, fishing off of it. You'd run off the end, jump off into the lineup. And then when they tore the pier down, Cedar Beach itself, which was half the size that it is now, mm -hmm. was, like, pipeline, literally baby pipeline. It would come oh, in, wedge up, and it was amazing. It was, and you knew it, it was a high tide break. Because it had to get over West Bar, uh -huh. all, that, all that swell. Right, right. So it didn't, like, yeah. mitigate the swell or anything. The boys knew almost to the minute when to go there. You know, wow. like, like you'd go to Gilgo just for the low tide stuff. Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden, you give each other the look. And it's like, you just kind of nod. And everyone would just kind of peel out of there. And, and the boys would show up at Cedar. And we knew, like, almost to the minute when that spot would turn on. Almost wow. like a Malibu kind of setup. Remember at Point Lookout? Mm -hmm. yeah. Like, yeah, it was the same kind of setup. Yep. You know, like, you just knew... Right when to go and what's what swell direction, and then we had this break called Moose Reef, okay, which was a sore thumb. Mm -hmm. That back back in the, it, it's gone now, but where those rocks are at, at sore thumb, mm -hmm. uh, there would be a sandbar thumb that stuck out, and it was like a secret spot under everyone's nose. Basically, it would catch the same swell as demo. The waves would pass across the inlet and then hit that sandbar. And it broke like trestles. It was amazing. Wow. You know? Yeah, it was really, really. And it, that, was, that spot was known by about six or seven of us. No way. And we, yeah, and we kept it secret for seven, eight years. You can do that back then. Yeah. Nowadays, there's no more secrets. Yeah. You know, yeah. like the magazines, yeah. Instagram, yep. all this stuff. You know, yeah. I mean, we all still try, but... You know, with all those resources people have, and then of course talking to people, you, everything's yeah. everything's known for the most well, part. Well, we we would know when to go there, also. So we'd go partying out in Bayshore on a Friday night. <laughs> Saturday, we drive on the beach, crash out all 
banged up and, you know, whatever, you know, pass out on, you know, four-wheel drives and wake up at crack of dawn and they'd be, like, firing six-foot right barrels. I mean, it looked like trestles, just firing off. We called it Moose Reef. Um, and um, I guess it was me, Jerry Erb, my buddy Dave Hamilton, uh, Jimmy Carroll, my buddy Hooch, and Jim my friend Carroll. Robert. Remember Jimmy Carroll? Yeah, I remember him well. Yeah. I haven't seen him in years. Yeah, yeah. And we had that place wired and we didn't tell a soul i mean you could basically see the wave from like overlook or cedar uh-huh. but i was like wow it's almost like west bar now it's like and it's surfable uh-huh. you know and people just like kind of look and go wow i wonder how that is and yeah and, and just keep wondering and keep wondering and yeah. we like did something about it and then that sandbar actually became really pronounced and where you can drive on it and then we came over one day and the spot was like blown up there was like 20 guys in the water. No way. Yeah, it was like, I don't know how word got out, but you know, we searched for a couple of years, and then finally that sandbar disintegrated. And, uh, you know, it, but for a good eight, 10 years, that place fired. It wow. was amazing. But um, getting back to Cedar, now Cedar Beach, you probably don't remember the old pavilion either. I was back, you weren't even born, back in the 70s. Yeah, it no, was just little, I remember. It was probably the small end of this house, so a little pavilion. Had these old rusty showers with green flies all around it, and they made movies there. Woody Allen had made a movie there. Oh, really? Yeah, and uh, and I think back in like seventy seven, seventy eight, they put up that what you have now, that pavilion that's there. But I mean, we Cedar Beach was our home. I mean, we would like embrace it like we were there every day, all day, whether it was flat. You know, we'd be playing basketball or volleyball, or drinking right. or. Scoring chicks or scamming food, you know they'd have these lobster bags. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and we'd be like play the hungry surf, and they'd like come on, they feed us. Right. And, oh, that's so you know. funny. Classic beach living, you know. It was it was the best. And back then, even in the summer, you could drive on parts of the beach. So we'd have we'd all have these like old ratty four wheel drives, and just you know just set up camp and have a cooler of you know camel piss beer. You know, Bud uh, <laughs> Bud would have been a treat. PBRs and Wrangold and Schaefer, whatever, whatever we could, you know, survive on, you know, whatever we could scratch up to yeah, buy a yeah. case of, uh, you know, eight dollars a case for uh, Pabst Blue Ribbon back then, you know. Wow. Yeah, we'd fire up and you know, get the girls in and start partying with them, you know, stay for the weekend usually, you know, and good times. You figure it out, yeah. So how did? Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. Oh, so but Jerry Herb was the one who really uh, his family was very into hemlocks, you know, and they were, uh, they were taking the boat there. They would take, they would, they would usually walk from Cedar. Oh, wow. Yeah. Oh, committed. Yeah. Yeah. But back then you're talking, maybe there were 15 people surfing a place, you know, a couple of boaters, you know, people knew just to walk down there and we kept it. We knew we had something good there and we kept it, you know, under our hats, you know, I didn't really tell too many people about it. Uh, I remember one day T.J. Poli and John Franciscovich. I don't know if you remember those guys. Yeah, John, I actually see Franny all the time. Yeah, 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 yeah Franny. Yeah, well, they came running over to Dunes one day, and we didn't really know him too well, and we kind of gave him a little stink eye. <laughs> you know, I didn't get too heavy on him, but uh, they were little, little scammers at the time, and it was funny. Just make sure they know that you were watching yep. and wondering. That, and, yep, yep. And they, they basically worked their way into the lineup just like you guys did. Uh, I still remember on Graham, you guys running over like, like little, little snot gobblers running through the dunes, like just scared mouse, like you know, and I'd be like, hey, what's happening? You'd be like, you know, give little waves, and then, but you guys didn't really have like a, a grom hood because you guys just, it's like one summer you were learning how to surf, and the next year you guys were boosting. I never, <laughs> I, that was never me. I remember Matt. There was like, there was a time where Matt and Graham really took off, and I was like, damn. When we first started surfing. I was the better one. I was the one who they would like look to, and I would paddle out if it was big and we were all nervous. Even though I was scared too, I would just paddle out anyway. And so it would like push them. And then I remember, like you said, one summer, all of a sudden, they just like turned it around. I'm yeah. like, oh, damn, <laughs> what happened to me? Well, you, ch- you always charged, even that when you were younger until now. Like, if, if, you know, you see the late one, you always seem to know right where to be and you would go and... Uh... But you guys had such a good crew. Mikey Litvinoff. Oh yeah, who lives yeah. right next door. Does he? Yeah, him I didn't and know him that. and his him and his wife Kim. And we're actually going to Swell Taco tomorrow. 
Uh, yeah, the, you guys had that like, really cool crew. And there were packs of those little crews um, and I, that I seen go through and still surf and still are totally dedicated and devoted. And like I said, it's just amazing that, you know, um, how, how the different crews, you know, Petroselli with, with Tom Kohler and Josh Getz and those guys, and they were like different age groups. But it's weird how everyone surfs together now. Mm-hmm. Like in a lineup, like, you know, Timmy Finnegan's part of my crew now, and RJ, um, TJ, you know, uh, uh, Billy Graham. And we all surf with the younger guys. Like you, And there's like no, like, it's not like clicks or something. Right, it's not clicky at all. Yeah, Everyone's yeah. hooting for everybody. I really like that. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's a really nice thing to have that community in, in surfing, you know, and, and beyond your community. Because I do, I remember what you're talking about, like having your little crew and you kind of only surf with them. Right. You know, and it's right. gotten more, like the lines have kind of been removed and more yep. people are, and it's yep. just a matter of respect, I think. And I think as long as we keep showing respect, people will start like recognizing that that's the way to be, yeah. that's the way to surf. And, uh, you know, it'll, it'll just continue to like grow and cultivate that way. Yeah. But, it's, it's what you said, like, like I go to Florida, I'm good friends with Matt Keckley and uh, a couple of pros down there, and you go down there, and it's still very clicky. And you come around here, and you, you know, all of a sudden you're out in the water. Eddie Faust is in his late 60s. Glenn's in his 60s. Uh, Billy States and these guys. And then you, and then you got guys like, you know, uh, Tim and Cal Pulley, my son Jake, you know, the VDs, and they're like 17, 18, and everyone's just talking and hanging mm-hmm. and giving away waves and catching waves together. And it's like there's no... There's no animosities. There's no territory anymore. It's just, it's it's a nice little crew. And even you go to parties, like, you know, I'll see you guys at a party. I still get calls from guys in their 20s and 30s. Hey, I'm having a party. Come. You know, my Hell wife's yeah, like, that's My awesome. wife's like, you're 58 years old. You're going to a party, a keg party? I'm like, yeah. You know, I go, whatever. I go, Keeps hey. me young. Yeah. I go, you know what? They, I appreciate the fact that they thought about me to invite me, so I want to go and yeah. have fun, and you know, and you know, and you know, Toby was just in town. You know, Toby. Yeah, of course. Yeah, he just went back to Indonesia, but you know, we have these like sushi uh, get-togethers, and it's like same thing. There's ages of you know, from from twenty to to sixty-five, and everyone's there's no like the, the older guys are talking with the older guys. You know, it's like. The young guys talk with the old guys. Or everyone's mixing it up, and everyone's having a great time. And yeah, good, good. I'm especially proud of the young guys, you know, for for being open to that because I think that's a real uh, advantage to be open to to the older guys' wisdom and to just you know kind of just take from them what they have to offer yeah. and what they can to, to give you because you'll grow up faster, you'll get wiser, you'll be you'll be a better surfer. You know, a lot of positive things come from just being open like that, you know? That's true. You know, we've been around these parts. I've been surfing 40, almost 46 years. And you get to know all the little nuances, you know? And, you know, you keep your ears open. I've learned stuff from a 15-year-old, you know? And and vice versa. You know, you, you, you help each other out. Mm. You're like, hey, man, you know, just so you know, Lido's pumping right now. Man, they just dredged some sand and... The place is all time right now. Mm-hmm. And I forgot who told me, but it was a young guy. And I was like, hey, thanks. And New Year's Day, I was out there, and it was like a barrel fest, you know? Nice. Not saying I was getting barrel, but <laughs> there were guys getting barrel. I'm sure you know? you're doing just fine. <laughs> I did all right. <laughs> but, yeah, it's, you keep your ears open. And it's, I don't think it's anything that happened intentionally. It's just the way it worked out, you know, the way the times changed. And everything kind of just smoothed its way out, you know? And even though it is crowded out there, you know, when it comes to the boys, you know, the crew, again, multi, all these different ages, we kind of find our own little uh, utopia out there. Yeah, Even yeah. amongst the crowd of people we don't know or, you know, people that come in from different places. And we find our little world where everyone's get, you know, we, and we kind of create that little, uh, you know, world of... Yeah, we, we make our own little universe out there. Yeah, I think exactly. I think what's really good is like, instead of having these small groups, you know, where it's easy for outsiders to kind of come in and infiltrate, we're like a big group, you know? So it's like, it looks like the spot is occupied. Now. You know what I mean? Like, basically, it makes the people who are outsiders the minority compared with the crew, our multi-generational crew of like sub-crews, you know, and everyone it's coming true. together. And we kind of hold down a peak, you know? Like, 
that one just recently that we had a couple great swells, huh? Oh my and, god! Uh, and and I felt like I knew almost everybody on the peaks. You know, like the the, the three or the two or three really great peaks that were breaking. I knew a lot of those guys, and it was just it was nice. It was a warm feeling, you know, yeah. to like to see someone taking off on a wave, and rather than being like, oh man, I wish that was my wave, it was like. Yeah, yeah, go Joey! Hell yeah. yeah, you know, sick one. Yeah, and just it, be stoked for everybody's waves. Yeah, I mean, I see one of you guys on a wave. I'm as stoked as you know, as if it was me out there. And yeah, it's yeah. like we love it. And you know what? When I'm on a, a wave, a good wave, which is getting rarer. <laughs> but no, you guys all like if you, I see that bowl coming in, I'm paddling for it. And you guys are all hooting. It's like a great feeling, and I love to reciprocate. And that, it just stokes me out, like paddling out and seeing you guys pulling into a big fat deep one and it's just like you know it just adds mm. that's th- that's part you know part of the paddling out is like it's like you're getting that much more out of your session you, totally, you know totally yeah i just read something actually where the guy was talking about the, who he was like a quote and you know he was saying like when you learn to enjoy all the aspects of surfing aside from riding the wave like walking down the beach or being there at sunrise or seeing your buddy get a good wave when you're walking back up or paddling out then it really starts to mean something to you, you know? And yeah. I think we're doing a good job again. Yeah, there. well, you're enjoying every aspect of it. You know, you know, in the last 10 years or so, we've had uh, dolphins come back. Because, you know, back in the 70s, 80s, early 90s, you didn't see a dolphin. You did not see one. Really? And now it's like almost every session. Yeah. You got dolphins, you got whales out there, you got sharks, which, you know what? The, the, everyone's all not surfers, but pe- non-surfers seem to get freaked out about them. They're part of the ecosystem. Yeah. They don't bother you. Uh, but just seeing like dolphins and, and seals and everything out there, yeah. it's like, you know, it's amazing. You it's, know? And yeah, it's, it's good to see thriving life yeah. in the ocean. Yeah, and you know, even on the way out of the water, we're, we're, I, walk, I always take the long way. I walk all the way to the tunnel usually. And I've been teaching, especially a lot of younger, younger kids, to, to pick up a couple pieces of paper and some plastic, any debris, beer cans, bottles. And, you know, it's like it almost becomes like a, a, a treat. Like when you could like get an armful while you're walking back and you know, you got like five years and all of a sudden you each have an armful of stuff and it, after like people get into it, it becomes mm. contagious, you know? Yeah, yeah. And so you, every aspect of it, like walking to the beach, walking down, checking out the sunrise, you know, just seeing the break, where you want to surf and then all of the other aspects we just spoke about and then to the end where you're cleaning the beach up on your way out, you know, you feel like you're doing... Something good. You 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 you're leaving the beach better than you found it. You know. Right. And every aspect of that, right to when you jump in your truck and leave, is just like a good, fulfilling feeling. You mm-hmm. know. And it's like, and then you know, like it says, there's no animosities out there. I mean, you're gonna see an occasional argument or someone stuffs somebody. Doesn't happen often. Um, when it does, usually we, if it's the boys, we make we we goof on it. We have yeah, we have yeah. a blast. So, you know, surfing the guys that take it serious in a in a bad way where they think it's like they're surfing for their life you know mm. i mean i'm at the age where i'm just like hey man i'm here to have a good time my son's in the water all my son's friends all the kids that they grew up with and just seeing like all you guys and i'm just like i'm looking around and i'm like this is truly amazing it's a great lifestyle i'm so glad that i found surfing or surfing found me or whatever that i just I wouldn't change it for, the, for anything. Any amount of money, anything. If you said, here's a billion dollars, you can't surf another day, I'd say, keep your money. I don't want <laughs> it. I really, I just... boy. I don't, you know, it's something that people that don't do it don't get it. You know, like, you know, and when you do find this, you're fortunate and lucky enough to find that and find out the lifestyle, you know, like, I can't even call it a sport. I yeah, call it... It's really not. It's, it's a it's love. More, it's, it's a passion. Yeah, it's so much more. I don't know. I couldn't categorize it, but it's definitely more than just a sport. But uh, all right. So now what I'm really curious about, take me back before even the pioneering, before discovering the new spots. Take me back. So basically, how old were you? How did you learn to surf? What was your first surfboard? What was the experience like? What was the discovery of surfing like, you know, and what was the process? Okay. That was back in 1974. All right. Now, I grew up, I was born in Brooklyn. Okay. Moved out of Brooklyn in 1966. Moved to Brentwood. Okay, another non-surfing town. Not a surfing town. <laughs> right, so we were into handball, and I was into all my sports. I was a boxer, uh, martial artist, um, lacrosse player, wrestler, and a gymnast. And uh, my buddy Ralph Monsolino, 
was the only surfer in Brentwood. He had his convertible uh, Mustang, and um, he'd drive all around Brentwood with this board hanging out the back. And mm-hmm. everyone was like, so one day I was like, yo, you got to take me to the beach. And sure enough, we went to see the beach, and um, he had this old ratty board, his first board that I used, and I was on it all day long, just just scratching around, getting drilled, getting pummeled the whole bit. <laughs> you know, the, the pier was up, and uh, I was hooked from that day on. You know, I wasn't young enough, I wasn't old enough to drive. I'd fought, figure out ways to get to the beach, and then I remember one day he got rid of that board, and I went right to Bungers, and I bought a design one. It was had like a flip nose. It was like a seven O design one, all yellowed out, old board. And I remember Squeak. You you know Squeak. Yep. He was working uh, the desk, and he's like, "You sure you want that board?" And it was like like forty bucks, and that's all I could afford at the time. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. No, this board is is the one I want. This is the one. Yeah. It's got the right price yeah. tag. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. So I went home. And I patched it up with, like, auto body filler. Uh-huh. You yeah, know, yeah, like yeah. the Bondo stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and I was, you know, <laughs> I, I bought a surf magazine, and I'm looking, and they had these, at the time it had a rounded pin, and I was looking, all these boards had these swallowtails in them. So I remember taking a hacksaw, <laughs> yeah, cut a swallowtail in the board. <laughs> this is what I need to surf it well. <laughs> right. Filled it in with, with Bondo, you know, where I made the cut. And sanded it and sprayed it with white spray paint. It's pretty industrious of you, though. Yeah, yeah. It didn't have a deck plug, so I. Well, how old were you at this point? I was f- almost fifteen. Oh no way! Almost fifteen. Wow. Yeah, yeah. So then I, you know, did, back then leashes were just coming about. They were called shot cords back then. Mm-hmm. They weren't even called leashes, <laughs> and they were made out of like bungee material. Oh God! Yeah, <laughs> you know, like literally like a bungee cord. And I remember, I drilled a hole. In the in in the fin in the base of the fin, uh-huh. and I took a surgical cord, you know, along you know the surgical tubing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I you know snaked it through the hole, made a knot, and then I made like a loop, and put that around my my ankle, and it, you know it would slip off once in a while, but it kind of worked, <laughs> you know. And uh, I learned on that for about three or four months, and I would go every day, every single day. I had. You know, I got this patchwork, wetsuits. So I would wear, as it got colder, I would wear Playtex gloves. You know, your, your mom's dishwashing gloves? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wear those, duct tape, shower cap. <laughs> I'm not kidding you. Shower cap, when it got colder, I'd wear a wool cap with a shower cap, duct tape. Oh, my I'm God. I'm not kidding you. Every day you do this. Every day. Wetsuit with, like, a wetsuit top uh-huh. over it. Back then we had, they were called the Bailey Beaver Tails. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so they were diving suits, mm-hmm. and you'd like the, the beaver tail uh, would like actually wrap around and snap into, but when you surfed in the summer, you left it hanging down, uh-huh. and it looked like a beaver tail. Right. And, um, and then my very first board that I got from Bungers that was new is actually up in my son's room now, uh, was a single fin 7-2 Bunger. I bought it off the rack for like $200 brand new. It was a single fin. And um, I actually got it back after 30 years. It was a long story. I don't want to get into that now, but he's got it hanging. So you didn't room. have it for 30 years, and then you for got it back. For 30 years, and I got it back. Wow, yeah, cool. It was, like, it was like going back out with, a, with an ex-girlfriend. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. I was nervous when I was going to pick it up. I was like, my wife's like, what's the matter with Is you? Is it going to be the same like it was Yeah, before? right, exactly. I was like, and it had still had uh, the leash, the fin, the Wonderbolt. It was a bolt that... You would uh, lock the fin, the, the fin in with, and it had a hole through it, uh-huh. and that's what you tie your leash on from underneath. Before they came out with deck plugs and all that, you yeah. know. And then back in '78, '79, Mark Richards came out with the twin fin, mm-hmm. and I had Bunger uh, Charlie Senior, who you know, God rest his soul, passed away. Uh, uh, he had shaped me a twin fin, uh, like just like a Mark Richards twin fin. And that's when my surfing really got catapulted, you know. Mm. Like I was, I was hanging with uh, Jerry Herb and Dave Hamilton, Jimmy Carroll, and those guys. And all of a sudden, I came off the bottom and hit the lip one day, and I surprised myself. And they were like, <laughs> "Where'd that come from?" I'm like, "I have no idea." It, <laughs> it just must be a magic board. Yeah, it was the board, you know. <laughs> and um, yeah, and so Cedar Beach, uh, that was back all through the '70s. I used to surf with Mikey Litvinoff's dad, Pete Litvinoff, 
We used to call him Grizz. He had a big beard. He looked like one of the Beach Boys. <laughs> and, uh, you know, Glenn, Kenny Cangelosi, uh, Billy States, Barry, you know, that whole crew. Uh, it was just a magical time, you know. And, uh, you know, now you had DVDs and everything. Back then there was no, there was no surf movies. Mm -hmm. There was surf movies, like one or two a year would come out. Five right. Summer Stories, Endless Summer. So we would all go to the OBI, right? And mm -hmm. it was like a big night. Like everyone would go out in their Hawaiian shirts, <laughs> you know, all dolled up. Yeah, and you yeah, had, yeah. you know, like your best flip flops. <laughs> and it was like everyone would be partying in the parking lot. We'd all go in. And the guy who like made the film was showing it. And we'd go to the OBI. It was like a big night, you know, uh, Ocean Rhythms. My buddy Harold owned that. He'd have a big stand set up with giveaways, bungers. And, you know, all these beautiful women running around. And, you know, we just, it was like a magical night, you know. And you'd, you'd focus on every minute of that surf movie, you yeah. know. And then everyone would go from there, sleep at Cedar Beach, and, like, be all stoked. I don't care if it was ankle high or overhead, which it never was. But, uh, and you'd be trying all these new moves that you've seen on the, on the surf movie. Right, you know? wow. That's a, that's a really interesting point you make, like, you know, like nowadays you can just watch something on repeat and just keep watching it, keep watching it. You could watch it on your phone, you could watch it on your TV. And back then it was more like you got this one chance to sit down and watch it. So you really had to just like soak it up. And uh, that's, yeah. that's interesting. Yeah, you just right? sent a chill up my spine because you nailed it. You literally, you know, you, you know we, we all don't realize how good we had it. You know, watching slow motion and yeah, oh, that's yeah. right. No, Wait, back go then, back. Let me right, see it again. Go back. Yeah, right. Rewind it. And, yeah. No, you had to like really focus and be like, and you got one shot at it, mm -hmm. you know? There wasn't even like, you know, a movie you could buy, you know? There was no, you had um, VHS tape and it, was, it wasn't even on it yet, you know, it came out later. But you really, that's why a surf movie was like they were bringing in all these new moves. I mean, you had, you had your surf magazine. With right. still shots. That was your best, I guess, your best kind of uh, mental practice, huh? That was it. That's all you had. Mm -hmm. And just watching all the hot guys at the beach right. and seeing what they were doing. Mm -hmm. But to really see what was coming in from Hawaii and California and, you know, all the hot spots in the world, you had to really pay attention. Even though you wanted to just party with your friends, you were, like, glued to the screen and, like, all right, let's see this, you know. And, wow. and it gave you something to work on the next day. But it was, they were really magical times and they were really... It's just something that I'm really got to glad to experience, you know, surfing in the 70s and 80s, even up to right now, different times, you know. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And But it was a different kind of good back then. It wasn't, not everyone surfed back then, you know. It was like, when you were a surfer back then, you were among the, the one percenters, you know. It was mm. just like, like, people like, you surf? And they want to hear all about it. Mm. And I mean, you know, now there's more surfers. It seems like more and more people, it definitely seems you know, way, it's yeah. on commercials yeah yeah know. yeah now right like you said like now it's being taken advantage of for marketing purposes you know they're making surfboards like you know cheap beginner surfboards they're just it's more accessible to people yeah you got the costco uh wave storms yeah. and there's all these knockoffs oh what what happened to surfing when the wave storm came <laughs> yeah yeah Jeez. you know that which brings up a good point when when you did get a new board back in the day it was a big thing at the beach i mean like you Everybody bring, noticed. Yeah, everyone oh, would wow. crowd around you, oh, and wow. they'd be like feeling it, and whoa, and you know, like, you know, just checking it out. And it was, it was, a, you know, it wasn't like, like you know, I'll buy maybe three or four boards a year. You probably do the same. I know some people will buy seven, eight boards a year. Wow, yeah. You know, back then you bought a board, that was your ride for probably two years, three years, maybe mm -hmm. longer. As long as you can make it last. As huh? long as you can make it last. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and. Uh, you know, it was like, you know, the wax would, was all black on it and everything, you know. <laughs> but it was like, you know, you really, you, your board was like, you were known for your board. Like, you know, it was like, a, oh, that's Joe's board, that's, right, that's Chris's right, board, right. It's, you know. But it really was a big thing. And like, it, you know, there was just a certain vibe down at the beach back in the 70s. Uh, that it's, it, you know, like, you, you, I sound like my dad now, but it really seemed <laughs> like, you know, like the blizzard of, of 61, you know, like it was like magical, you know, like it's like the beach just had this like glow to it, you know, and uh, it just, it was a vibe and everybody knew everybody, especially in the water. You know, there was rarely that you didn't know one person in the water back then, mm. you know. 
That's pretty special. Yeah, it is. That in and of itself is special. And then if you did go to Long Beach, you know, I knew the Long Beach guys pretty well. Or if I went out to Montauk or the Hamptons, you know, you mind your P's and Q's and, you know, you'd get the nod. And But you knew the guys just from mm-hmm. passing through the island, you know. Right. And, um, you know, even down to Jersey, you know, we'd cruise, me and my buddy uh, TJ would cruise anywhere from Montauk to Jersey, even after work. We'd no go way. crazy. Yeah. And so you guys were surfing Jersey back in the day, huh? Yeah. Oh, we started surfing Jersey in the 70s. Yeah. Wow, cool. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, it was it was pretty amazing time. And, you know, you'd find these, like, cool spots to surf or these, like, little, like, secret spots. Like, I remember uh, Cupsog and out, you know, the, the, the west end of um, Dune Road, there were all these, like, little cutouts, mm-hmm. you know. Um, right, right just east of Marich's Inlet, there would be all these, like, really cool little spots that would last for a couple months at a time. And all of a sudden, you'd go out there all the time. You know, you get to learn that spot, you know, mm-hmm. just to kind of try something new. The West Hampton jetties, we knew those jetties like the back of our hands, you know. Wow, wow. Yeah, so you, knew- really, you checked out a bunch of Long Island. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, I, had my, I was a Cedar Beach and a Hemlocks guy, full-blown, but we wouldn't think twice of being like, you know what, uh, the swell is this direction, West Hampton jetties, you know. Oh, mm-hmm. West winds, firing, east swell. We're hitting Jersey, you know. Right, right, right. Well, you know, Turtle Cove, you know, it's gonna be, you know. Let's so do how it. did you? So how did you have your? Uh, like, your, were you just like looking up buoy? Uh, in like, how did you know the swell and the wind in advance? Was it just, or was it NOAA? You know, the radio uh, forecast, or how did you get your forecast? See, that's another great, great point because it's it's it was tough, and you would miss a lot of things. You would have to, you know, I had my no, I had my weather radio, uh-huh. which I think every surfer then, he had his alarm clock, yeah. and he had his no weather radio right next yeah, to it, which yeah, yeah. I would put, me to, would put me to sleep at night. <laughs> that guy's voice, I could still remember, is, you just picture this old, grainy dude with like a baseball hat and granny glasses, talking into that big mic, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, uh, you know, the, the, the swell is three feet at 11 seconds, and, uh, but, yeah, you just had to do your homework. Mm-hmm. It's not like, you know, Surfline and everything these days where it's pretty much, okay, I'm going to go shopping with my wife on that day, yeah, okay? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> this day I'm surfing. <laughs> this day I'm doing the hedges, you know? You could pretty much, you could almost nail it to the minute, especially with the wind reports, yeah. the tide reports. But, uh, you know, back then, you just had to, like, really do your homework. And uh, there were times when all of a sudden you'd blow it, you know, Sure. A groundswell would show up. Right, know. and and that still happens, thank God. You know, yeah. I love that, that you can still miss it. You still have to be, like, diligent, and you can't rely on, on all the forecast. You, and you can't even rely on the camera sometimes. And I love that. I love that you just got to go sure. to the beach, and, and even if you're not one, like, sure if you like it or not, or if it's good, can, you just got to get out there. Because how many times have you thought, like, ah, it's not going to be that good, and you go anyway, and you're like... Hey, hey, Joe, you're having as much fun as I am. This yeah, is yeah, good. It's great. This is epic. Well, that's funny you say that because people, they, they count so much on the cameras. Like people call me, oh, I heard the waves suck. I'm like, I'm here. It's pretty good. It's like, I'm looking at the cameras and it looks like crap. I'm like, okay, well, I'm looking at the ocean right now. and it's, <laughs> I'm looking with my eyes. Yeah, I'm like here. <laughs> and it's like, you know, it's like waist to chest high and it's good. So, you know, but it's just funny. Like people get so used to. You know, well, the cameras are, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, it's funny. Yeah, even I have to remind myself not to, like, let the cam or any of those things dictate it too much. If, yeah. If you, if you got to, you know, if the, if the, the buoy is reading the right numbers or there's enough there, you got to just go check it, you know. Yeah. And, and, and like we just said, even still, just get in the water. You just know? get in the water, yeah. And it makes it a lot better when you, have, when you lower your expectations and you stop surfing for good swell and you just start surfing for the reason you started in the first place. Because you enjoy riding waves, yeah, you know, and yep. you stop looking for this magical day that gets further and further away from you the more expectations you put on it, you know? True. And well, uh, just, just going out there. Yeah, I'm kind of, like, known for, like, don't trust Joey for his report because, like, if I'm having fun, it's good, you know? <laughs> yeah, so totally. I'll paddle out in just about anything at any time because, you know what, if I can get one wave that stokes me out, it was worth it for Hell me, yeah. you know. And to be out there and just, just the more you're in the ocean, you know better than anybody. The more, the more you know our ocean, the better it's going to be. You're going to know changing conditions. Mm-hmm. 
And, you know, people are like, oh, yeah, you know, I got this rowing machine and I swim laps in the pool. The best way to practice surfing is surfing. Right. You know, you can get your Ouija board or, you know, all that and, you know, um, but to, to practice, the best way to practice, and I tell all the young kids, you know, I teach, now instruct with, um, since I retired, with uh, Bunger's Surf Camp. Oh, cool, yeah. And the kids are great. They're, re- they're really great. And I tell them, I go, I don't care if it's thigh high, ankle high, if it looks like you can catch anything. You know, that's, you know, you get the quiver where you get the Costco board when it's ankle high and you're going to catch a wave on it. Yep. Hell yeah. And it's going to teach you, you ride these smaller, weaker waves. It's going to teach you where the energy spots are on the wave. Mm -hmm. I tell my son that all the time and all his friends. I go, listen, if you can ride a crappy wave, then you can ride, when it gets good and powerful, you're going to know how to surf the wave Mm -hmm. and how to, you know, you don't, then you don't need to find the energy. You need to utilize the energy. Mm-hmm. And when you're surfing a crappy weak waves, that's what's going to help you. That's training. Yeah. I, I'm so stoked. So first of all, to all the listeners, that was gold right there. Oh, that was like, and I'm so stoked that, you know, you're one of the people that's, that's leading the charge and teaching the, the young guys, you know, how to Thank surf. You. And whoever signs up for the Bunger Surf Camp is going to get to work under you, which is a pretty epic thing. Um, but Thank that you. was some gold right there because that's, that's, you know, so I teach too. And, and that's what I'm always saying, you know, like it, it's funny how people can easily get spoiled. You know, you get one good day and all of a sudden they don't want to surf unless it's that good again. Yeah, it's that's like, crazy. Oh, right? You're not going to be surfing a lot if that's the case, yeah. you know, and you're not going to be surfing well either. Because yeah. when that day finally does come to your expectations and your, your standards, you're not going to have been practiced. You're going to yeah. be out of shape. You're not yeah. going to surf it well anyway. And how frustrating is that when there's yeah. good waves and you can't ride them well? Yeah, it's true. It's amazing how quick people around here get uh, are over it. Yeah, you know they get two, three good days of waves, and then there's still waves. And they're like, nah, I'm kind of over it. I'm like, dude, it was flat for a week straight, or yeah, it was yeah, yeah. it was blowing south. How easily we 30, forget. Yeah, and then all of a sudden it's like now you know when when I go to Puerto Rico, uh, my friend Greg Sneller, I, I stayed with last year down, and he's like, dude, you're in the water eight to ten hours. <laughs> I'm like, Greg, it's eighty degree water. It's I could see a dime if I dropped it, and it's like, I just, I, and back home, the water is 38 degrees. Yeah. I go, I'm not forgetting any of that. I'm yeah. going to suck up every minute I can of this trip, mm-hmm. as much as I can in the ocean, and just enjoying, you know, the beautiful water, you know. And, uh, but like it says, people, they, 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 they just, all of a sudden, they're just done with, eh, it looks a little, little shifty, a little closed down. I'm like, yeah. Oh, there was a section. Oh, yeah. a little closed out. Okay. A little winds on it. Okay, yeah. But, yeah, getting back to the Bunger Surf Camp, though, those guys, we have the same thing. We have, like, kids almost, like, 16, 17. Oh, I, I think I'm the oldest one teaching. And you got, um, you know, Corey and Gabby pretty much run the show. And Ashley, when, when they're not there. And... They do an amazing job. They really teach the kids every aspect of surfing. And, uh, you know, the kids are great. You know, they're really, like, even you'll get some, like, little wise-ass kids and little snotty punks that he's, like, hoity-toity rich kids. And, you know, by the third day, like, we, we like, transform them into, like, little mini surfers. Mm-hmm. And they really, it's amazing how quick that transformation could be where they were, like, you know, little, you know, snot asses, and they turn into, like, cool little kids, yeah, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's awesome. And, uh, yeah, it's a blast. Like, I says, I can't even call it a job. It's just, you know, I, I really, I can't wait for the summer, you know? It's, yeah. it's, it's a lot of fun, and, you know, you get to know that place inside and out. You see all the little nuances there, and... Uh, so when does that start up, just in case somebody's got a kid listening and they're interested in, in getting their kids off to Bunger Surf Camp? Yeah. Where, where does that operate, and, and when does it start up? Yeah, it starts up, I'm pretty sure, like, late June, mm-hmm. late June, and, uh, you know, you can go online, or you can, like, you know, go right to the, right to Bungers. Teresa will, uh, you know, take care of everything, and I would recommend it to anybody that wants to get their kid going... Uh, especially with the counselors they have, you know, there's probably about 12, 15 of us and every one of them, she handpicks and, you know, you couldn't ask for a better crew of, mm-hmm. of people. They're like, we, we turn into like a little family. Like we all still get together and hang. At the end of the year, we were back here and, uh, everyone brought their significant others or their parents or whatever, or their brothers and sisters and uh, you know, everyone looked out for everybody, and we had a, we had a really had a great season out there. And I was devastated at 
how much I enjoyed it. I, and I hope <laughs> Teresa don't hear that because she's probably going to want me to do it for free now. <laughs> but uh, no, I really, it's really fulfilling and really enjoyable. And I got to do it with my son and all, uh, you awesome. know, all the all the kids that that he grew up with, and all you know, Gabby and Corey. They, oh, they're all amazing. Mikey, the teacher, and uh, you know, just all. All these people that, and everyone comes down and hangs with us. And but out in the water, it's game on. There, everyone is really attentive and really concerned. And there, it's it's there's no free ride. We want everyone to learn how to surf there, and uh, we teach them safety, water safety, mm-hmm. and we teach them the codes, mm-hmm. right and wrong, the p's and q's. Mm-hmm. And when they're done, it's a good start. It really is a good start. And I'd say. Ninety of them, ninety percent of them, go on to keep, you know, keep surfing and surfing, yeah, and keep uh, continue learning the way continue. we did. Yeah, you, know, just... you get all these people coming back. Yeah, oh, that's awesome. Yeah, um, can I get you another beer? I'll, of and course. Then I'll ask you the next question. Yeah, that'd be great. Should I keep talking while you're? Uh... Yeah, you can if you yeah. like. Absolutely. Oh, that's when I, 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 I tell myself I'm shy, but I, I yep, right now, I, I, I think I can talk a lot. <laughs> I love it, Joey. That's why we have you. Well, thanks. This is a lot of fun. You're, you're bringing back uh, a lot of good questions and a lot of good memories. Thank you, bro. Oh, glad. Yeah. For you kids out there, we're just drinking salsa, so don't worry about it. <laughs> Salud, bro. Cheers. Cheers, mate. Woo. But, uh, All right, so now here's one question I always like asking, and uh, I, the reason I do is because I'm sometimes really surprised by the answers. Some people are, are really good with it. They're humble, and they, uh, you know, they have some good answers for me. But anyway... What in surfing, past, present, current, whatever, um, what scares you? What's scary for you about surfing or your biggest fears? That is probably one of the best questions. That is an amazing question. Because this is so relatable. Yeah. You know, everybody listening right now is on yeah. the edge of their seat like, what scares Joey Citarella? <laughs> and, and being a martial arts guy and a boxer, which I didn't know, you know, it's like, hmm, what could possibly scare Joey? <laughs> Well, getting home late at night scares me. <laughs> I have to pull my shoes off. At night. Um, you know what? I, I want to surf, hopefully, till the day I die. And not being, if that happened where I couldn't, that scares me. Mm. You know? That definitely scares me. Yeah. That would be uh, really sad. Because, you know, I, I met these... These guys back in the early 90s in Costa Rica, they're called the Kanakas, my buddy Jim and Dave. And they're in his 70s and they're still charging hard. And they're my inspiration. And I hope I'm just like them. You know, they're longboarders. And I don't care if I got to ride, if I got a belly board, ride a boogie board. Mm-hmm. I just, I want to be in the waves, hopefully until, till the end. Mm-hmm. And if I can't, it's always something in the back of your mind. You get some kind of an injury or a sickness or whatever. Um, I also, you know, I used to really, really enjoy big, big surf. You know, I've been, been to Hawaii a couple of times. I've been to Port Escondido. I went down to with Jim Wixo and Paul Vitti and uh, Hank Volbrack. And we charged some really, really big surf. That was back in the 90s. And, you know, even though I try and stay in shape, it's still, I'm not as jazzed anymore. Like, you know, I won't. When Puerto Rico, when Trace is breaking, I won't paddle out to Trace anymore. Mm-hmm. And I want to. Uh, I'll still surf, you know, 15-foot faces over at Maria's and Dogman's. But every now and then, that little sneaker set comes through. And it's like, you know, you get drilled. Like last year, I still remember this set came through. It was a big day. And I was at Maria's. And I don't, this set was easily, it was well over 20-foot. And it broke way out. Three-wave set. And I seen it coming. I gave a yell to everyone. It was about 20 people in the lineup. And I was the first one out, and everyone was kind of behind me. I made it over the first lip. And then the second one, the lip was throwing. Oh. And it nailed me. It, like, I ducked over, and it hit me in the back of the head and just pulled me up, ragdolled me. I'm doing cartwheels and all these acrobatic <laughs> underwater. And it, it pinned me to the bottom, and my board was on top of me and had my board pinned on me underwater. Wow, yeah. Yeah, and I couldn't move, you know. Wow. And, uh, and I finally, I made it to the surface. You know, I, I mean, I didn't almost drown, but it was 
pretty, you know, woke you got me shook. up. Yeah. And I came up and I still seen boards tombstoning. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. Wow. Yeah. So people are still underwater. People are still underwater. And I was like, and this was like not even like a big, big day, you know, like where you see, uh, you know, Leaf and uh, Alex charging. Yeah. You know, oh, yeah. my God. Those guys yeah. charge. Yeah. When I see charge. those guys like, like Leaf going left at Trace, you know, putting himself in like the, the yeah. hairiest spot to paddle back out from. Yeah. You know, those guys are... It seems like they're fearless. Yeah. I could see you being out there on those kind of days. <sighs> I'll, I'll, when that day comes, yeah. I'll let my actions speak, and yeah. we'll see then. <laughs> I don't, do you know uh, Nicole Chambers? Uh, I don't think so. Yeah, She's a really good... She's probably one of the best girl surfers around, I think. And she's really, oh, really, really? No, unbelievable person. Oh. And uh, Is she from here? Yeah. Yeah, she's from, I think, West Babylon. And that's her goal is to surf Trace Palms. And she's been training with um, jo- Josie Graves, I think. One of the Graves brothers, I think. Oh, all right. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, she what? goes to Puerto Rico, and um, her boyfriend, Matt, surfs. But she she charges. Really? Yeah. I mean, she hits the lip uh, and really goes for it. And that's her goal this year is to surf Trace. And, you know, no way. Yeah. And I could see her accomplishing that because, mm-hmm. you know, it's like there's a, certain, there's a certain X factor that you guys have. You know, you remember Paul Herb? Yeah. Paul Herb, who you remind me of a lot for some reason. You remind me of, he, you just knew certain people were going to excel even before they were in this big stuff. Mm. Just by their attitude, the, the angle they took on the waves, the way they went for waves, you know. And you just knew that one day they were going to be with the big boys, you know. Mm. Like even when you were young, I, I seen you taken a different approach to waves than most kids your age, oh, you know? Thanks, man. No, and I knew you were going to be good. And like I said, guys like Paul Herb, I knew Graham, Sean Vallestrand, Wayne Brody, those guys were all going to be uh, Bobby Ritchie. I don't know if you're Bobby. He's kind of no, a sure. sleeper. He's like unbelievable surfer, but nobody knows about him kind of oh, really? thing. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, like Alex, you know, you just know these guys, like, uh, even though Alex's genetics are, like, yeah. surf royalty. Yeah, 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 But you just sure. could tell the way he surfed that, uh, you know. He's uh, got something about him. Right, But right. His, his, Alex, right. ever since I was a kid, Alex was one of my favorite surfers. Mm-hmm. His style, you know, yep. and, and there was a lot of times. I don't know if you remember this, but for me, there's definitive breakthrough moments. Maybe not necessarily in performance, but in, in, in realizations. You know, like, I, so one of the moments that I'm talking about, I distinctly remember paddling up the shoulder of a wave as Alex was taking off. And I remember thinking like, wow, he's too deep. He's not going to make it past the section. And like, he just got up and kept this high line. He didn't drop down and bottom turn. He kept this high line, got a pump in, and then came down the face and completely cleared the section. Like, he could have been deeper. Right. Once I saw him do that. And I was like, oh my God. And I just saw it with the right angle and I had the right... It was just the right time yeah. for me to see that, and I was like, yep. "Holy cow, that's how you beat a section when you're taking off from that deep, you know." And 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 you learned that line from him, right? Totally, you know? yeah. And and there was a few other things. I think one time, the first time I ever saw somebody get properly barreled, like in person, you know, I've obviously had seen it in in videos and stuff, but the first time I saw someone get properly tubed, like I'll I'll, I'll never forget it, and it was Alex Faust again, and it was. I, I remember the sound of the wave. I remember it echoing. I remember seeing him just locked in the pocket and getting deeper and then the thing folding over him and coming out. And I remember being like, oh, my God. Like, in that moment, I knew how to get tubed. Yeah. I was like, okay, now I know how to do it. You know, and It was like course, a living surf video. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, yeah. of course, doing it, uh, you know, is a different story. But mentally, I knew what I needed to do. You knew what do. you had to do. And it was like because yeah. of those, like, breakthrough moments. Yeah. But Alex, yeah. yeah. Uh, just Chris Tomlin was another surfer oh, like that. Yeah. You know, like, just, Great like... Time. So inspirational, man. I, I would watch that guy surf and uh, just get blown away. That The power and the airs, you know, the, the kid went f- from here to California and won an air contest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, like who, I remember Long that. Island boy wins air contest. Yeah. Like, what? That was epic. You know, we yeah. were so proud. I think yeah. all of Long Island surfers yeah. were so proud yeah. that day. Sean Vallestrand is probably one of my favorite surfers to watch so he's just incredible the most humble guy you know he'll lock into like a three or four second barrel and kick out and paddle out like what he's just like paddle out casual yeah 
Like, I would have been screaming my head off, like, did you see that? Did you know? everybody oh, see did that? Anyone, did everyone see that? He just paddles back out. You're like, like, Sean, that was sick. He's like, oh, thanks, you know? Yeah, yeah. But he, you know, I've been surfing with him for a long, long time, and he just drew that line early on. Took a different line than everyone at that age, you know? And he was before, you know, Alex and Chris, and um, just, you know, cutting-edge surfing, then he was another one who never went through his, his, his Grom hood. You know, he just, like, bought a board, you know. He was sponsored by Rick, and next thing you know, he was, like, just boosting, you know, and just nailing it, you know. And, uh, but, but, you know, like I said, you can draw inspiration from anybody. These days, you know, I still, Glenn Walton, we go surfing, and he'll still get the best wave of the day. Out of, I mean, out of anybody. Mm-hmm. He'll be, we call it Howie Land. He sits outside <laughs> at, like, Whatever, wherever it is, we call it, wherever Glenn is, we call it Howie Land, because he sits 40 yards outside everyone, and everyone's like, what the hell is that guy doing out there? And all of a sudden, you see this set come right to him. And he's in the spot. And he's in the spot, and he'll just bang the lip seven, eight times, cut back the whole bit, and just kill it, you know? Yep. And he shapes boards, too, right? Yeah. Yeah. Viva Pina. Yep. Excellent, excellent surfboards. And he puts his heart and soul into every one of them, yeah. you know? I couldn't imagine it any other way, you know. But I, what I really like about Glenn, um, his, I, I love seeing his, his pictures, his older pictures. Somehow, he's one of the few that has a few pictures of himself from back in the day. And, yeah. like, he, I, I don't know how long ago it was, but he posted this picture of himself in Mexico. And it was yeah. a big wave. Yeah, it was. And a- he was just laying into this bottom turn. Yeah. Oh, here's my son, Jake, now hey. coming home from school. Hey, what's going on, dude? You're on a podcast right now. <laughs> Welcome to the show. <laughs> this is Chris. Oh, nice to meet you. Nice to meet you, dude. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, Glenn, that was, I think it was called Petacalco, where it was like Mexican type pipeline on steroids, you know, where he was surfing, you know, easily 20 to 30 foot waves, and yeah, he just... He, he's very inspirational to me, you know. He, he's amazing, and he's still shaping, and we snowboard together. Oh, he snowboards too? Yeah, excellent snowboarder. Wow, man, he's um, killing it. Yeah, oh, he's still rips. I want to be Glenn Walton when yeah. I grow up. <laughs> yeah, he's pretty amazing. Actually, we just, I just went up last week with uh, Timmy Finnegan uh-huh. and his brother Ed Finnegan. Those guys rip on a snowboard. They rip on, you know, in the water. Ed's an unbelievable uh, kite Actually, they're both are kite surfers. Uh, don't tell Timmy I said, but Ed's way better. But, <laughs> uh, but they're both unbelievable surfers and great snowboarders. And we all go up together. And, uh, but, yeah, Glenn, skateboards, snowboards, still surfing like, like a Grom. He's killing it. Killing it. Killing it. Still stay out there on the coldest day, two yeah. and a half, three hours. Yep. At least as long as anybody out there. Yeah, I mean, he's, he's one of the guys like what, that I was talking about earlier, that yep. you show up at the beach and he's one of the staples that, oh, yep. there's Glenn. Yep. You, and one of the guys, too, that you recognize, too. I love that. Like, yep. you know, I don't know if beginner surfers might not realize this, but, like, we recognize each other by our style or their style, you know, and we can walk up to the beach, come over the dune, and know right away, sometimes just by how someone sits on their board or paddles. Yeah. Like, oh, there's Glenn. Oh, Joey's out. Yeah. You know? Yeah, and then if, true. You, if you weren't sure when they stand up on a wave, then that's then, yeah, yep, it. That's it. Yep. You know exactly who it was by style. Yep. Yeah. And he's one of those guys. Yeah. And it's like, oh, Glenn, you know right away when Glenn's Yeah. Out. He's an avid sailor, too. His boat's right down the block here. He's got like a 38-foot sailboat. Oh. And he sails it to hemlocks. He sleeps overnight on it. He's gets banged up on wine and, <laughs> uh, and a little enhancement. And uh, he's good, good to go for the next morning. Yeah, he's, legend. Yeah, he, he's, he's a lot of fun. We've had a lot, a lot of good times together. And, uh, yeah, you know, like, like it says now, I'll, my crew is, you know, I surf with my son, TJ, and his son's, I don't know if you know, um, uh, Cal and Timmy Pulley. Yeah, sons. actually, I just kind of, not really formally met them, but we were out surfing together, and then I found out who they were, mm-hmm. and they were ripping. Uh, I think, who's, was the littler one, Cal? Cal, yeah. on the pink board? Yeah, he was shredding. Yeah, yeah. I liked the way he was surfing. He had he a surfs- good, like, very nimble, like, mobile style. You know, he's all over the lineup, and, like, lining up with peaks really nicely, and then surfing really loose, and, and like, just agile. Yeah. Good style. He, he will be surfing Trace one day. Yeah. yeah. I know it because we go to Big Jersey and he's taken off behind the bowl. You know, he's right in there with the boys, you know, mm-hmm. with, with the Jersey boys, you know, where I'm like, okay, I'm, you know, more like 
shoulder hopping, and he's taking off behind the bowl, you know. Sick. Good for him. Yeah, no, and he deserves it. He puts in his time, and um, his, his brother Timmy surfs really well. You know, Jake, they all surf. Jake is, uh, loves surfing, but he's, he's not, which probably is a blessing. He's not as crazy about it as I am. <laughs> uh, but when he does get out there, he, he kills it, you know. But Kale has got that X factor where he doesn't have any fear, you mm-hmm. know. And uh, me and his dad been surfing since, since probably 1980. You know, when him and Franny came over to Dune, you know, we actually became uh, good friends for a long time. But, uh, yeah, Kale's going to be, uh, you know, him, Owen, they're the... Uh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah that Owen surfing good, too. is surfing really, really good. And, um, you know, there's a bunch of young kids that are just, like, really coming through the ranks that are, uh, you know, just blowing minds, you know. But, uh, you know, like I said, you know, I always looked up to, like, guys like, even though we're younger, Josh always had that clean style, mm. you know, and Mark, Petro, just these, like, smooth, like, uh, just fluid, you know, like, almost seems, like, effortless, you mm-hmm. know. And the, Yeah, that's, that's what I love and aspire towards is that, like, just like you look like you're barely trying surf yeah. style, you know? Yeah, yeah. You know, the last couple of years have been a little tough because, you know, as you get older, you get stiffer. Mm-hmm. And um, I, uh, that's my dog walking, sorry. <laughs> the mailman's here. But, um, you know, I've, I've been doing yoga every day, and I've been taking really good vitamins, and I stretch like crazy. That's, I think that's the secret. I think that's the secret to vitality. And I remember when I was a kid, and I was, start, I was a scrawny little thing, so... I started getting into working out when I was like 12 or 13, you know, and my dad would always say like, don't forget to stretch, don't forget to stretch. And I, of course, I'm like, yeah, 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 you know. And then, you know, a couple of years later when I realized how right he was, then I finally started stretching and, and doing some yoga. That's a key point, because if you could do that, if you can, you know, regiment yourself where you're, where you're stretching, you're eating well, as even as you, you see, we got away with it because of genetics and youth. Uh, but if, if you don't have to, if you start young and incorporate that into your lifestyle, where you're, you're eating well, you're eating really good foods, you're eating living foods, mm-hmm. lots of fruits, vegetables, and um, you're taking good vitamins, and you're incorporating all these like cross, kind of crossfit kind of sports, where when there, when there aren't any waves, you know, you're skating and you're snowboarding, even volleyball and martial arts where, you know, you can incorporate all this stuff. So in a downtime, or even, you know, paddling, you know, stand-up paddling, you know. Mm-hmm. You get the, I get the canal here. You could st- stand-up paddle or you, whatever, swim. And, um, but the stretching, like I said, I noticed it about two years ago where it really hit, where I was like, man, I was getting pitched a lot and I wasn't uh, getting as many waves as I should. And then I started watching these videos, which were really helpful, and uh, I changed my style of paddling where I'm doing this over the top where I would drag my elbow. Oh, you know? really? Yeah. yeah, I was dragging. And I would look down at my board instead of like when I was paddling for the wave, looking up. Yeah, and lifting and, up. And, and lifting up. your form right, and your core. Right, and getting exactly. Like I'm doing a lot of core strength work. And people don't realize how important your core strength is, especially as a surfer. It's where it all evolves from. It's where mm-hmm. you get all your strength for your maneuvers. Mm-hmm. It's all your core. Mm-hmm. And uh, I started working on that, and I still got a long way to go, but it's helping. Like, I was, like, getting bummed there for a while, and I'm like, is it the board? Is it me? Is it the waves changing? No, the waves aren't changing. I'm changing, you know? (laughs) And, uh, you know, I came to the realization that, you know what? Okay, you know, I got to see, like, every day I do my pigeon stretches, uh, which is a yoga. That's a great one. I it's, do that. Isn't that phenomenal? I need that. I think that's a, the biggest problem with men is like hips, you know? And, and exactly. if, if you don't open up your hips, then your pop-up's going to be all stiff and slow. And that's a crucial moment in surfing. Like if you can't fluidly pop up, you know, and do a nice smooth stand-up, then geez, you're in this critical part of the wave trying to stand and you can't get your leg under you, you know? Chris, what, that, what you just said is so key. And it's what's happening to a lot of older guys and that's why I think they get so cranky. And, they, you know, they turn into these cranky old walruses mm-hmm. because they knew what they could do and they can't do it anymore. And it's like, no, you can't. You just got to, you know, you, your body's changing. So right. you got to acclimate and change your lifestyle right, right. to accommodate. Excuse me. And you could still surf a shortboard in juicy waves 
and still hold your own out there. But you got to, you know, like you said, your hips lock up. Excuse me. And they become very tight. And that split second that you need where you're going from instead of being to your feet, you're getting to your feet. The wave is passing you. And right. it's throwing you. And you're caught up in that lip. Mm -hmm. And so, but, you know, if you can develop, redevelop your body to get to that point where you're getting that, that quickness. I do 30 pop-ups a day. Do you really? Yeah. Oh, that's good. Yep. I'm glad you said that because yep. everybody needs to hear that. Yes. I do, every day I do 30 pop-ups minimum. Sometimes if I'm still got some energy, I'll do like up to 50. Nice. Or I'll do, um, I'll do this thing where I do like, it's like a, a pop-up, but it's like a push-up pop-up to a yoga squat mm -hmm. and then pop back into a push-up. But the regular just push-up uh, is huge. And, it, and, and you get that speed back. Which is it all starts with the pop up, and I because I, I watched myself and a lot of older guys, and it's it's just like you says that that tight hip, and that's what it just and and then what happens is you get all frustrated and you kind of lose a little of your stoke, you know. Mm -hmm. But it can come back. Yep, it yep. can easily come back. Well, you got to work proof. at it. Thank you. Thanks. <laughs> yeah, I'm trying. You know, I'm on a don't call it a comeback. Been here for years. <laughs> Now, I'm trying, and uh, hopefully uh, Puerto Rico, uh, I really, the last couple of months I've been working on my flexibility, so I'm hoping Puerto Rico, I can, I can do some good stuff out there. Yeah, how long are you going to be there for? I'll be down there for 23 days. Epic. Yeah. Good for you, Joey. Yeah. I'm stoked Thanks. to do that. Thanks. So, stoked. Make sure you get some pictures of yourself. And Hey, by the way, I want to be able to like show everyone a picture or something. Do you have some pictures of you surfing or mm. anything like that? Oh, great. I'll, Plenty. I'll, 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 Epic. I'll get a couple shots of that. Oh, excellent. But uh, do you have anything else you'd like to say? Um, you know, I just uh, hope everybody that is surfing stays surfing. And, uh, you know, it, to me, uh, it, it's a blessing. And you don't overlook a blessing. And I know guys that used to surf and don't anymore. And I just don't understand it because it's, it's a truly a special gift that we all, you know, that we, we were able to share. And, just I thank everybody. I'm sure I missed a bunch of people that I would want to shout out to, but uh, everybody in the water uh, is just really, we got a special crew, and I wouldn't trade it for anything in the whole world. Hell yeah. Well, there you have it, peeps. Now you can see for yourselves why I wanted to sit here with Joey and, and talk to him, because he's a legend since I've been a Grom growing up and huge inspiration to me and still is, and inspiring generations after me and between us and all around. and. Shit, that was a good one. Uh, thanks, so Chris. Stoked we had Appreciate this, it, man. brother. And thanks for the coldies, man. We're, we're going to finish them, I think. Oh, hell yeah, we are. <laughs> <laughs> Woo. All right. All right, you peeps. If, you, uh, if you're not subscribed to the Coopcast, make sure you get on your favorite directory to do that. iTunes, Stitcher, Player FM, whatever. Drop a review, leave some stars, and uh, we appreciate you, and catch you next week. Woo! Woo!